White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter, Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill, and our show at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and at YouTube. Go there right now, subscribe, hit the notifications bell so you know when we drop our new content for you with no further ado here is chris Tannehill. how are you doing chris oh man if you're listening to this if you're one of the uh the the late night early morning locked on white Sox heads i'm, I'm sleeping in my bed uh, probably ruminating as my therapist would say about the day to come as my daughter is back at school at cps today for the first day in the hybrid learning or if you're listening to this maybe i'm uh, nervously and anxiously trying to get her out of the house or you could be listening to this at some point in the early morning or late afternoon where I'm in pure bliss, uh, just finally just have uh, the house to myself. But uh, nonetheless, however you're joining us today, thank you as always. This is Locked on White Sox. It's episode 182. And in this episode, we're going to try to get to the bottom of who is the front runner for the backup catcher spot. And we'll talk about the world as it begins to heal itself. And if we have time, we'll, we'll have... Uh, to have the discussion about Rick Hahn uh, doing some fan shaming, possibly. All right, so let's start here. The Sox today, they played the Royals, and uh, they didn't whoop them today, which is really, really unfortunate. Well, I just want to whoop them every time for uh, But T.A. didn't play today, so that would explain it. Uh, they lose 6-5 to five to the Royals in Surprise, Arizona. Uh, note here before we get into the game stuff, uh, Tony La Russa said this about Jimmy Lambert. He's a guy that we you know, asked the uh, future Sox guys about and a guy that looked really good early on in 2020 before he went down with that injury. Jimmy Lambert and Jonathan Stever, who we also saw a little bit of last year, they're going to stretch them out, and Tony says they will serve as starting rotation depth this season. Uh, La Russa called them both future rotation fixtures that was from James Fegan of the athletic today so a little note about those two guys that's you know we like to keep you informed of what the plan is for certain guys you know Jimmy Lambert we talked about a lot looked really good Stever very green obviously but uh, they've got plans for them there's uh, hopefully there won't be many opportunities for them hopefully there's health and and with, with the guys that they do have and you won't see them unless it's like a double header or something like that uh, but anyway uh, six five losers the Sox are today in surprise the winning pitcher today Herb did you see this who was the winning pitcher for Kansas City today I did it, it was good old <laughs> Dick Lovelady for Kansas City Richard Lovelady was the winning pitcher today and that's even though he's a royal that one maybe one of my favorite names in all of sport uh, old Richard Lovelady um, Bennett Sousa gets tagged for the loss gives up three runs in the bottom of the fifth in the sixth inning game and that was it for the Sox so uh, some things to note here Luis Robert with another hit today he's hitting 500 early on in the spring Eloy had a hit today Gavin Sheets, who our guy Frank Menachino is very high on, he uh, had two walks in RBI today. But really what we're here to talk about in the first segment here is the backup catchers. Two catchers uh, played in this game of consequence. It was Yermin Mercedes and Zach Collins both getting uh, some time 
uh, in the lineup today. Uh, Zach Collins catching and uh, mean Mercedes uh, playing out in the field today. So we're going to talk about this a little bit here. And they both, they both had really nice days today. Two hits apiece for each of those guys. And we'll get to what Zach Collins did in a second. But, you know, they're, they're trying to coach these guys up. You've got Jonathan Lucroy, who's in the mix to be the backup catcher. You've got Jermaine Mercedes, who's sort of your Swiss Army knife. They, they're trying to get the bat, you know, anywhere in the lineup. But really, they hope he sticks at catcher. Uh, and Zach Collins, the former 2016 first-round pick, who they really hope, I think, sticks. And they've been trying to get him to be an effective catcher for years and just try to get him playing time. I think ultimately what we know about Zach Collins is we know nothing because he hasn't had adequate playing time. So uh, you alerted me to this piece of audio that happened uh, at post-game. Here's your mean talking about the guy that's trying to coach them up, which is, of course, Jerry Naren, who we talked about after he was hired, uh, pretty much universally loved by any baseball person that, that's come into, into contact with him. And and he's a guy known for working with catchers. He worked with Jonathan Lucroy in Milwaukee, and he's a guy that's going to fine-tune those mechanics behind the plate. And if you want to have a guy uh, be that backup catcher role and it's not going to be Lucroy and it's not going to be another free agent, you're going to want to make sure they're coached up. So that's what Jerry Naren is here to do. And here's what your mean Mercedes said about working with Jerry Naren after the game today. Oh, Jerry, he's a good guy. You know, he's like a old guy. In the, he got a lot of gear, too, like with, with Tony. Um, his mentality guy um, – he working with the catcher, like mentality, what type the the work we need to do every day, um, uh, do the best in the in the field. It sounds like you know Jerry Naren's really putting in the work with these guys, and your means certainly like if he's going to get this job, it's not going to be because of a lack of confidence because he really believes that he can do anything out there in the field, and he made a nice defensive play today. Uh, but I thought that was worth noting. I just loved how he just calls him old. Oh, Jerry, he's a good guy. You know, he's like a. Oh, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you very much, Jermaine. Uh, but Zach Collins, well, getting to him here, you know, the, this whole thing, we're going to talk in depth about this competition, Herb and I. I'm just setting the stage here. But, you know, what, what's this competition been like for the three of these guys, Lucroy, Zach Collins, and Yermin? But really, you know, I, I, I see this as maybe it's just a two-way competition and because Lucroy is kind of a proven veteran and you know what you're going to get from him and sure they'd like to, him to perform in spring but you're talking about these two young guys that are that are really it's they're going to be uh, the deciding factor here and who gets that backup spot I think or at least who gets the bulk of the of the at-bats when when needed who's going to be playing more uh, in, in Charlotte and who's going to be the next man up if the second catcher goes down or who may just win the job outright. So here's Zach Collins talking about the competition. I wouldn't say it's extra stress. I mean, I've, I've dealt with it for the last couple of years now competing for a job to be at the big leagues. And, um, I mean, it, it's definitely good to create a competitive atmosphere on any team, uh, is good. And we're, uh, we're trying our hardest out there. And, and uh, obviously we're all trying to make each other better. And, and uh, by, by being competitive, that's it's going to bring out the best in you, and it's all good. And I like I like the competitive nature when 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 guys young guys are, are playing for a job on a winning team. You know, it feels like there's more at stake, and you know, it's one of those things where the the rising tide raises all boats. The old saying. So Zach Collins responded today to the competition by doing this. Open stance for Zach Collins, who grounded into a double play in the first inning. Swing, fly ball. Hit to center. Taylor going back. Taylor looking up, and that ball's out of here. Onto the grass berm in center field. Collins turns around a 2-2 pitch and gives the White Sox the lead back. They lead 4-3. 
So Zach Collins with his first homer on this 2021 Cactus League season. The White Sox lead at 4-3. That's their fifth hit. So a pretty good day for both of those guys. It was good to see Zach Collins connect. And, you know, we just didn't see too much of him last year. You know, I was, I was going over the box score again of his uh, his infamous uh, at-bat, his three-pitch at-bat in uh, Game 2 of the Wild Card Series, where it was just kind of laughable. It's like, oh, yeah, there's your first-round pick just, you know, whiffing on three pitches. But, uh, you know, I know it's early, Herb, and sorry for, for taking so long to bring you in here. But now that the stage is set, how do you handicap this thing playing out? How, how do you foresee it playing out? Who would you prefer the backup catcher to be to Yasmani Grandal, who is still sidelined with that injury? And who do you think it's going to be if you had to to make a wager on it today as we sit here on March 4th? I would prefer to be uh, Yermin Mercedes because I think his bat plays and it can play with a lot of time off. And with the rookie playing most of the DH spots, um, you can have him either at catcher or DH if you need to give Andrew Vaughn a timeout or if Andrew Vaughn goes out to give Jose Abreu a timeout. So I would like to have a bat that is ready to go, that has been in the minors for, what, eight, nine years now and knows that, you know, I got to be prepared for anything. I've been trying for this moment since the beginning of my starting of my playing time. So I know that this is my shot to stick on a major league squad, not just get that one at bat like I got last year. With Zach Collins, I think that his best uh, future is playing every day. Sitting on the bench behind two veteran catchers, you're not going to get any time. And what Zach Collins needs is at bats. Last year, he's at the alternate site. He's here with the major league squad. He's back and forth. And I think that's a year of development wasted. And you don't want to do that again. So I know that AAA starts a month later, put him at the alternate site, and then get him to AAA and get every start he can at catcher to refine the craft and also keep on working on his hitting stroke. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I, I agree with that plan. You know, in terms of the way you look at it, I do agree that Gurmeen's a guy that's you know going to be able to to come off the bench cold and and get a hit for you in, in the ball game. You know, if, in playing sporadically. Um, I just you know they obviously would like to have Zach Collins fresh as possible if God forbid Yasmani goes down for an extended period of time. Uh, but I think sometimes they 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 tell you what they're thinking and they show you what they're thinking. I thought it was interesting that Lucroy did catch Giolito the other day. And I think maybe that's kind of what their gut is telling them right now. Like they're just trying to see if he's healthy enough to get through the spring and if he'll if he'll hit a little bit. But I think they already know they like that veteran presence. So I don't know you know, ultimately what they're trying to accomplish other than having the best guy be the backup catcher, because let's, let's face it here. You know, Yasmani Grandal is not a guy that's going to catch 150 games. And there's no reason to think that he's going to be that guy a year later in his career. He just, he just never been that, you know, 130, I think is around where he topped out at. So whoever's going to be this backup catcher, is going to be a guy who's going to play, you know, more than just once a week, and it could be a deciding factor in the success of the season. I know it sounds silly for a guy, you know, in in a backup role, but this stuff matters. You know, you you, you know, the people have these projections slated out right now between the Sox and the Twins, like the, this razor thin margin. Everything matters, and 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 all the pieces matter, like in the wire, right? So you have to make sure that that you make the right decision here. So I, I think. 
my gut says the Sox are leaning Lucroy, and they're just waiting to see if he can hold up, uh, you know, through the spring and, and see how he works with the pitchers. But I think it was uh, kind of a big deal that they had him with Giolito on day one. Uh, because that's an important guy right there. That's a guy they're trying to appease after he loses James McCann to the Mets. You know, so you know, I think that's what they're telling you right there. Coming up after a quick timeout, Zach Collins revealed something after the game today that kind of has us scratching our heads about his adjustments that he's made over the offseason. We'll hear what he said back after this on Locked On White Sox. Locked On White Sox is brought to you by RockAuto.com. You know, friends, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of automobiles. It's now impossible to stock all the parts your car is ever going to need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure that process that can be imitating or even irritating the person behind the counter asking you about your car? Like, is your car an LX or an EX? And you got to run outside because you forgot uh, while you wait for them to check on the parts only that their warehouse happens to carry. Why do that when you have access to a vast library and vast catalog of auto parts on your phone at rockauto.com? You see those chain stores I talk about? They charge different price tiers for do-it-yourselfers like you and I and professional mechanics. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and best of all, they're reliably low every single time. If you go to rockauto.com, you're going to find a vast catalog with low prices, and they don't charge prices based on what the market's going to bear like how airlines do. That may work for airlines, but it doesn't work for auto parts. It's not practical. So why would you shop with anyone else but rockauto.com? They're a family business, and they've been serving customers like you and I for over 20 years online. Go to rockauto.com now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And do us a favor, won't you? When you go to rockauto.com to see the parts available for your car or truck, write the promo code Locked On and their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Very important. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the White Sox, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm excited to see this competition play out a little bit, and Zach Collins, you know, when we did see him in 2019, right, it, it wasn't a lot, just in 27 games, only had 100 at-bats, got on base at a 307 clip, you know, just it was just not a lot, especially for a team. I think we think we talked about it on the time. We didn't have a show at the time, but that was one of the White Sox points of angst as you're sort of winding down the rebuild. It was like, well, why is your number one pick not getting a lot of at bats? Why are they not finding a way to play him every day? And now you're starting to see um, maybe that's why. You know, Rick Renteria found himself on the way out. You know, maybe that's why we're in this position now where we still don't know what we're getting out of a number one pick. So it's frustrating in that regard. But, you know, Zach Collins did say this today, which I thought was very interesting. He felt really comfortable at the, after that home run, and they asked him about changes he made in the offseason. And he said, well, you know, I worked on my body, and I'm really trying to get through a full regular season of baseball game so I can, you know, be there for the team. But they, they asked about his hitting approach. And – Famously, Zach Collins is a guy that'll draw a lot of walks, but you know, occasionally he'll show you some power. But he's an on-base guy, so they asked him about what he worked on in the off-season, and this answer here surprised you, coming off of his uh, 2020 where he didn't get a lot of at bats either. Really, I just focused on what I did at the end of 2019 in AAA. Uh, I've been watching a lot of video on that. Um, obviously, that's the best I've felt in a long time. So, uh, just trying to copy that swing and copy that approach every day. And uh, working on it, obviously, it's it's uh, been good for 
today, but um, got to continue to to go out there and compete. I thought that was interesting. He went back to his swing from 2019. And we were talking about it before the show, and we were trying to piece these things together. So in 2019, down at Charlotte, who was the hitting coach for Zach Collins, of course, it was our guy, hey, Frank Menachino. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm Frank Menachino. As long as your name's in the lineup, it don't matter. So he worked with Frank in Charlotte in 2019, and he felt really good. But then Frank gets the bump to be with the big club in 2020. So you, maybe we'd have to ask our guy James Fox or Mike Rankin who was there in Schaumburg, I think it was Ben Broussard, but ultimately it falls on Chris Gett. So I don't know what they did with him uh, down in Schaumburg. Whatever tweak they asked him to, to make or whatever he felt he had to make himself, uh, it didn't work. So now we're back to square one. And does that concern you that we're still talking about things like this? You know, it happens all the time. Guys pursue their own development and go with what works for them personally in their gut and in their hearts. But this is kind of frustrating, know that a guy's going back, a first-round pick, that's something that was working for him two years ago. Yeah, I don't know why the now hitting coach, I didn't know when Todd Steverson took over, he overhauled the whole hitting system from major leagues all the way down to single A. So I don't know why Frank Minichino's words and values that he brought to the table the year before wasn't passed on to especially a guy that you picked in the first round. Maybe you've lost a little faith in him, but why was that changed by the same organization where the now hitting coach was the guy that fixed it or helped him fix his swing? It just makes no sense at all. Um, I don't know if he did that on his own either. Like he may, maybe he thought, I want to speed up my own um, pro- progression to the major leagues and I'm going to go and seek counsel like Lucas did with Ethan Katz. And he changed his own swing and now he's going back to the Frank Minichino way because he learned the air of his ways. But either way you put it, somebody messed up there where the guy feels that his swing at late stages in 2019 was where it needs to be. And now he's got to go back to that uh, year, a season and a half later. Yeah, I feel bad for Zach Collins, man. Like he's sort of, you know, uh, you know, uh, a child in a divorce who gets lost, you know, <laughs> you know, because they had Nick Hostetler making the picks, and this was, you know, you know, one of his more famous draft picks. I believe it was his first first round pick for the Sox. Maybe it was Jake Berger. If I, I'm trying to remember the years on this one, but so obviously then Nick Hostetler gets gets moved around, and now Mike Shirley's running the show there. So I think there was obviously some, you know, behind the scenes stuff about this this pick because the White Sox, they, they haven't gotten number one picks right in our lifetimes, and this was an opportunity where you finally get, like, you know, what one of your – this is not your first pick from the rebuilds, like, because he was a 2016 pick, so, like, in 2015 they, they tanked without trying to tank, you know. So, like, you finally get a, a, a top first-round pick that you've had in a while, and they, they struck out uh, on – Zach Collins, but I hope his his story's not finished yet. I, I hope he gives it a, a good go here in spring. And when we're looking at these guys at the end, and be like, man, this is a tough call. Like that that would make me happy. I think as a White Sox fan to see, okay, these three guys came into a competition and and everyone gave it their best. And this is going to be a tough call. And ultimately, it'll be up to Tony La Russa, your Hall of Fame manager, to decide what's a, the best fit for the Sox. Me personally, I, I think it's going to be Lucroy. You know, I think you know if they'll. I don't know. It's a lot of depends on and Andrew Vaughn too. Are they going to game him a little bit early on? 
you know, we, we know what we said yesterday about the, the minor league season not starting until, you know, a month of later of what they thought it was going to be. So if they're going to game Andrew Vaughn, they're going to need someone to take some hacks in the DH role so they could put Yermin there. But I, I agree with you. Zach Collins has to play every day. So you know what he actually is. But I, my problem is, like, you, you lose so much time there in that month and being at the alternate site. Alternate site didn't do anything for Zach Collins last year because when we saw him, it looked like he wasn't ready. looked like he was overmatched. Maybe we, he got better, uh, you know, in the, the, the craft of catching. But as far as, as, far as his at-bats, they did not get better. And ultimately, just too small of a sample size. So I hope he does get to play every day. And I think best case for Zach Collins maybe is boost up that trade value and he can get a fresh start somewhere else because I realistically don't see him uh, getting having a long career here catching for the White Sox. You know, Yaz is going to be here for a while. Yaz. I don't know why I said it like that, but he'll be here for a while. Uh, Yaz Queen. And he'll be here for a minute. But after that, there's no one really that's there that that's pushing. You know, uh, there's no glass ceiling for catchers. So I, I just don't think they'll wait around that long for Zach Collins to, to be the guy. So it's kind of a tough situation, but we certainly hope uh, it works it works out. And it's going to be something to watch here. There's not a whole lot of position battles going on, but that backup catcher role is going to be one worth watching here. And we'll, we'll certainly cover it all and uh, give you any news and notes as it happens. But look at us rambling here. We've got time for one more segment here on Locked on White Sox. And we're going to open up the mailbag and talk Talk about uh, road trips. The world's opening up and uh, the world's healing itself, too. We'll get to that in a second, too. We'll be back after this on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college hoops, and the NHL are in full swing. Plus, MLB futures are right there for you at BetOnline.ag. We're going to do a show, I think maybe this week. We keep pushing it back, but there's so much news going around here in baseball. Uh, we'll give you our futures edition of Locked on White Sox with the odds incorporated from betonline.ag. They've got you covered from award shows, uh, TV shows, and even reality TV. There's updated odds in real time and props on almost anything you can imagine. Herb, what do, you know? I know you're one who likes to dabble in uh, online investing. What are some of the things you're looking at here to sort of uh, bridge the gap between football and baseball season? Well, I don't like to bet on my own teams. Like I told you with betonline.ag, you can bet on the Illini. This is a different service than the ones that you hear uh, broadcasting locally. Betonline.ag is offshore, so you can bet on the Illini if you really want to. And in this regard, I'm going to go to their MLB futures. While they have the White Sox at over under of a 90 and a half wins, I'm not going to touch that because... It's too close to my number, and also I'll be betting with my heart. So I go to the team that I hate the most. It's the Minnesota Twins with a over-under of 85.5 wins. I think the Minnesota Twins are going to be better than that. So if I wanted to, I'd go to betonline.ag and bet the over 88.5 wins for the Minnesota Twins at negative 115. $115 to win me $115 to win me $100. I'm going to be doing that on betterline.ag. Absolutely. And then I hedge my bets right there, Tanny. So when the White Sox do stuff it up the Twins' ass, at least I'm like, all right, the White Sox won. But if the Twins somehow become the Twins and do the Twin things, at least I made some money, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's no better place to do it than on betonline.ag. Uh, head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget our promo code locked on to get your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. 
Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully every day on Locked on MLB for a unique look at the majors both past and present. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-in from the Locked on MLB network team of local experts like us, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked on MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Herb, I mentioned the mailbag. We'll get to that in a second. We'll open it up. But imagine being one of the worst in your profession and it just becoming a, a running gag. It just It's a bit for people. Um, you know, I'm talking, of course, about uh, umpiring and I'm talking about Angel Hernandez. And another blown call by Hernandez. And what happened on Sunday, and I know we're getting to this a little late, but uh, I, I put my TV on and, you know, flipping around and baseball's back on our television and you see fans there. And people are there enjoying baseball live in person, you know, responsibly spread out. But it's coming back. We talked about it on Monday's show. Oh, man, it just the world is, is, is healing and, and things are returning back to normal. And there's nothing more normal if you're a baseball fan than this. And the 1-1. Hey. Oh. Angel Hernandez is in midseason form. <laughs> Let's not make this game too fast, Angel. So I can't fathom a job where it's just like you're just renowned for just being bad and you get to keep your job. We talked about this at length during that Cleveland series, I believe it was, when he was mm-hmm. he did not have a particularly good series. But what other fields could you be that bad? Could you be a, a surgeon and be like, you know, a famous surgeon, but just like, you know, uh, leave tools inside of a person's body or, you know, de- you know decapitate someone in surgery? Like other than that, uh, you know, with the surgery is completed, but the guy's head just got lopped off. Like, I can't think of any other field. Me either. It's just so terrible that he and he's like a senior member. I mean, <laughs> it must feel really bad to him. He didn't get picked for the postseason either. So, like, that's telling you that this guy is low on the totem pole. He's been around for a long time and he sucks still <laughs> and he keeps on getting worse. The only reason he's not like known more is because they have another sucky ass umpire that's a little bit more famous than him and it's joe west <laughs> that's, that's actually right don't mess with joe west so yeah i just thought that was funny it seemed like that's one of the things that you see you know my kids back at school you know uh and the, the world is going back to normal and the vaccines are here and angel hernandez is bad at his job again so that to me i did like big lebowski i take great comfort in that <laughs> that, he, that he was bad at his job once again uh and, and he was on our tv screen for being bad but uh, uh let's open up the bag huh Let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. And we love email every day around these parts because with our new expanded three-segment shows now, for the rest of the season, uh, seemingly, we're going to have a chance to uh, possibly open up the mailbag once per show and just do uh, our favorite email of the day. And thank you to everyone for sending those throughout the week. But how can the Lockdown White Sox listeners get us an email to be read on the show, Irby? Send it to LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Your questions, comments, whatever you want to write. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. We read them all. Maybe not all of them make our shows. They do not. But this one, right on time from our guy, Mike Victor. This is just so pleasing to read and to think about. Mike Victor writes this. Hey, guys, I need to see live baseball. And hopefully fans will be allowed in the South Side in some capacity. I also want to make a road visit. My work schedule ramps up starting in June, so I want to make a trip before then. Sox have road games against the Yankees, Reds, Twins, and Royals in May. 
Probably won't make it to the Bronx, so looking for some insights on which of the three would be best for a quick trip. Can't wait for the season. Talk soon. Thank you, Mike, for checking in as always. So here we are. We can actually sit here and give someone advice about planning their baseball road trip in here in 2021. And man, it feels good. And we'll selfishly get to our our, our Pittsburgh trip after this. But out of those uh, choices there, uh, Reds, Twins, and Royals, I think I know where you're leaning here, but uh, where would you send our friend Mike Victor if you were him? I mean, out of those cities, there's none better than Kansas City. And the ballpark there is a joy. You're going to have an awesome time there if you go to Kauffman Stadium out there in Kansas City. I didn't like the Reds experience. We've talked about this. I spent a whole hour in a line to get some ice cream. It was a thousand <laughs> degrees in Cincinnati. One thousand degrees. And then Correct later man. on, we went to the the worst chili place ever across the pond in Kentucky. Oh it yeah, was the worst. Layla uh, thinks, Skyline chili. Yeah, Layla sucks. thinks I love it. Layla thinks I love it, and it's you know not a bit. And I love Skyline. So, <laughs> and Minnesota, uh, I thought Target was fine. They talk about the walleye. It was good, but it, like didn't sit well with my stomach either. Oh, it was no. not not really great. Um, the city, Minnesota, Minneapolis, is boring to me. The only thing I went there for is the Juicy Lucy, which nice, delicious, but I wouldn't travel, what, six hours up there to go to get a sandwich so you could put cheese in the middle of uh, two patties. It's the same thing. Um, but, yeah, Kauffman Stadium, Kansas City is an awesome city, underrated, great food. Great sites. Go to the Negro Leagues Museum right there. Uh, I think it's on Vine and like 16th. So awesome. Go to Kansas City. You'll love your experience. Yeah, let's see. You know, we can do the itinerary for Mike. You know, he won't have to do any thinking. But yeah, you'll you'll hit up first when you when you check in. You know, if you if you go the night before, go to Oklahoma Joe's for barbecue. Uh, my guy Danny Parkins likes Jack Stack, which is a place that we didn't go to when we were there. But all more yep. reason to go back. Um, but the day of game. You go to the Negro League Museum. If, if it's a night game, go to the Negro League Museum during the day. Then walk on over to Arthur Bryant's right down the road and maybe walk back and walk around downtown and, and burn off some of that barbecue and then enjoy the game that night. But, yeah, I think as far as best stadium experience, accessibility, what was it, a seven-hour drive to Kansas City? It was a little bit uh, longer. About eight. Okay, about eight. Meanwhile, Minnesota and the Twin Cities, I think it's going to be about nine or ten, if I remember correctly. Um, I think, have you made that trip recently? I don't remember. Yeah, we made it in like six and a half. Oh, okay. So maybe I'm thinking of something else. All right. So it's not that bad. And Cincinnati, about the same. So all these places are about the same distance from, from Chicago. Um, so yeah, but the Royal Stadium, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's beautiful. You'll have a division rivalry game right there and the food in Kansas City. Uh, can't be beat. I had a great experience, uh, at Target Field. The, the nicest staff, I think, and, and until the, I met the people at Safeco in Seattle. Um, but yeah, the Minnesota nice is a real thing. Uh, it's a great stadium, but just nothing, nothing spectacular about it. And the food scene uh, up there is, you know, not amazing. Uh, they're not known for one thing other than the Juicy Lucy. But Kansas City with the barbecue, I give them the edge. And mm-hmm. Cincinnati, look, I you know. <laughs> We, we, we had we, good food that day. Um, well, I don't know what the over I, the Rhine area. I forgot what that name of that restaurant was. Yeah, but we we did go. It's b- down by the uh, by the homage store, which is a nice. I love those, that, that clothing company uh, mm-hmm. with the retro sports t shirts. And we went to a great restaurant down the road from there. But the stadium itself, there's 
you're in sunlight the entire time. So if you go, yeah. go go to a night game, like I was burning up out there and it gets really hot down there uh, pretty much any time of the year. There's no escaping from the sun in that ballpark. You know, um, it is kind of cool. Like I wonder if we would have had a better time if we would have went at night um, because, you know, maybe catch a breeze off the river there. And, you know, I think it's a better experience overall. But, yeah, Kansas City. And I don't even think it was a Reds-White Sox game, if I recall. No, it was uh, other Sox. It was the Red Sox. Yeah, so yeah, maybe we would have had a time if the White Sox played the Reds, but I didn't think. Yeah, like Tanny said, the I think the highlight of that stadium is their museum, their their Hall of Fame. Museum it was awesome, that's right outside the ballpark. Yeah, we've been around a little bit, and it's the by far the best Hall of Fame I think I've ever seen in a baseball stadium. But yeah, they've got a, a rich history. You're talking about a franchise that's been around a long time, and they've had some really great teams. Obviously, the Big Red Machine. And there's lots of cool stuff in there. And also, it's like, you know, we just want to get out of the sun for a little bit. So we probably spent a lot more time in that museum than, than we initially uh, intended to. But Got yeah. two bobbleheads that day, a Tucker Barnhart and a George Foster. That's right. Yeah, I, I think I still have them somewhere. They're not on display here. But, yeah, I got those two. But, yeah, Mike, enjoy it. I think you're going to have fun no matter where you go. But we're telling you, Kansas City, I think. And maybe, you know, uh, I, could, I could tell you – you know, I, I think maybe in Missouri, by the time you go, you probably won't have to wear a mask. Not at all. If if you're into that sort of thing, you're seeing uh, Texas now. Uh, you know, they're in Florida. You know, they're 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 basically going back to 100 percent everything and getting rid of the masks. So if that's at all intriguing to you, which I can see why it would be, uh, maybe that's something you should think about as well. But bearing the lead here, Pittsburgh. I checked before the show, and tickets are still not yet on sale for Pirates games as they figure out what's going to happen. But the report that came out a couple days ago was that they're going to be allowed to open with 20% capacity at PNC Park this year, uh, starting on opening day. They're talking about 7,500 fans in the stadium. And I, I just I'm, that's all I wanted this year. And it looks like we're going to get it, you know, knock on wood here. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to be able to get to Pittsburgh this year at the end of June, and I could not be happier. Yeah, and I think by that time um – most of the people will have, I think the majority of the Americans will have at least one shot in their arm for the vaccine. If it's the Johnson Johnson, that's all they need. But we'll be on the way to having full stadiums. I think I make a prediction that we'll be in a stadium that could have maximum capacity, but won't have it because Pittsburgh fans are terrible, apparently, at baseball. Or just the Pirates organization is bad at retaining fans because there is no better ballpark that I've seen yet than that ballpark at a night game. Mm, mercy. I, I would just go there for anything because it's so cheap. It's so breathtakingly great. And now you've been starved with baseball. And if you're not there, God damn it, Pittsburgh, I'm going to burn that son bitch down. <laughs> so as we sit here on Thursday morning, March 4th, there, there's, there's reports and rumors and speculation about, you know, if fans will be allowed on the south side and north side. And it, from what I hear, you know, it looks like they're planning for it, but they're not making any any announcements as of yet. I think in a, in a city like this, you have to be real careful, uh, you know, you, you know. But Lori Lightfoot saying that 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 she hopes that uh, fans will be will be back there on opening day, which is just like like they really just. 
I don't want to get into it, but yeah, there's no reason why fans in Chicago shouldn't be she's able. Terrible. Yeah. I'm just gonna say. It. Okay, I'm, thank you. Yeah, she's terrible. She's a Sox fan, but yeah, just uh, the governing aspect is, uh, is is not ideal. And just for the say, maybe fans will be allowed. Yeah, fans should be allowed, man. I'm sorry. Like we know what we know about being outside, and the, with the low positivity rate that Chicago has right now, we're doing a really good job. Pat yourself on the back, Chicago. You know, uh, Barry Horowitz style. But yeah, I, I think fans will be there opening day. I still don't know if I'm quite. Not a comfortable comfortability issue for me, but just more of a logistical thing. Like, do I want to take a day off and go there? And you know, my it feels weird now, now though that the streak was broken last year, so I don't feel as compelled to go as I normally would have. Because now, you know, everyone's gonna say, "Oh, I've gone to twenty in a row," except for that one year where we didn't have any. You know, it's really clunky. So, like, I don't, that'll be understood. <laughs> yeah. I think it's be understood. But like. I've yeah. been to 50 in a row, and they're like, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We so well, we'll see, um, you know, how that shapes out. And, you know, I, I think I may, yeah, maybe even be out of town uh, on a family trip that uh, that opening day. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I'm in. Family trip to L.A.? Uh, oh. <laughs> 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 won't be in L.A., no. But, uh, yeah, but that that's where the Sox. Anaheim. Do- hey, man, you're not from here, all right? You don't know how it is. I grew up in L.A. Anaheim. Whatever, man. Yeah, the Sox do open on the road in Anaheim. And, you know, wife asked me what I want for my birthday. And I'm like, I just want to watch the White Sox. And they'll all be in bed by the time the Sox play that late-ass start uh, <laughs> on April 2nd, which is my birthday. I think it's an 8.30 start I saw. But that's all I want. And then I joked afterwards, like, yeah, we could always just go to L.A. Uh, and go see the Sox play. And, of course, that, w- that was too much, and that's that's not doable. Uh, we are thinking about going to so- Southern California around Thanksgiving, but uh, it's not meant to be. Maybe uh, maybe in the playoffs if the Angels make it. They won't. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, that's all I got. It's fun talking about this, isn't it, the logistics of, of hitting the road and seeing the Sox play just in general just getting back to the park uh, I'm really excited about it man like things have, again they're finally feeling like they're starting to turn and I couldn't be happier about it and uh, I'm looking forward to us doing uh like a, like a not a remote show but a show from like a hotel room in in Pittsburgh uh, like doing a post game recap like it might be the shortest show we'll ever do uh but we'll get all the spots in and we'll tell you what happened in the game but I'm looking forward to that like the logistics of that it's something that I couldn't even like think about the logistics of in a calendar year so and I, I, I'm down with it man I can't wait yeah, and uh, Lawrence, uh, my host, uh, at the twelve to noon. Lawrence noon Holmes, to, yeah, yeah, noon to two uh, every day on the score. Said this about some of the best things you can do is to plan a trip. The planning and the stages you're going through when you're thinking about the trip is part of the enjoyment of the trip because you're setting up anticipation. So. Let your mind wonder, guys out there, girls out there listening to this right now, let your mind wonder about a trip, a baseball trip if you are so inclined, or a different trip because we've suffered here. We've had a year of toughness, and to let yourself dream of something better, of a normalcy that you remember is a good thing. You should think of good things in this more sullen time, and we got the light at the end of the tunnel, but we're not there yet. So let yourself plan a trip. Think about going to PNC. Think about going to San Diego. Think about going to D.C., catching a game, doing something else, getting a thing that you like to eat. Like, we don't like Cleveland that much, but we love <laughs> Melt, which is in Cleveland. We always think about that. Like, when we go down to Pittsburgh for the road trip, I know either going there or coming back or both, we're going to be going to the Melt. So I look forward to those things. So do it. Look forward to things like that. Plan them. Feel good about something 
you know, that's in the future because these have been dark times for all for most of us for the majority of us. So yeah, yeah, I don't want to end it on a really no, sorry, no, but no. I got it. Yeah, think about something positive, guys. Yeah, unless you're unless you're a billionaire, like the past year hasn't been good for you. Um, but I, I yeah, I've got two trips booked. We're going to to Galena, like as a family getaway. Like that starts rock. Um, I think that's there. Yeah, I've never been. Uh, wife sold me on it, but they've got an indoor pool situation. So just get away there for a couple of days. And we're also, I'm hitting Traverse City up again in July. And hopefully I'll be able to see a Traverse City Pit Spitters game. Because as you remember, I talked about it on the show, when we went last July, COVID had finally hit the independent league ball up there in Michigan. So like they had to cancel a baseball game. I thought me and my dad would be able to go, but we were not able to go. So we're going to try doing that again uh, this summer. So yeah, we have two trips booked and just like, you just if you could take a deep breath and like no ah we have we do have things on the calendar to put in circle and it's a good feeling man so yeah you you, you said it well there but uh, that's all I got we'll be back tomorrow Teflon Rick skates again Herbie we, we don't get a chance to get to these comments that he made to James Feigen of the Athletic uh, but uh, uh, that's why you call him that uh, Teflon Rick but uh, I'm okay to not to talk we're about participating that. In that yeah so we'll we'll be back tomorrow we'll wrap up the week. And uh, we'll talk about anything of note that comes out of uh, today's game. The Sox are playing the Giants uh, in their facility. And, uh, yeah, well, it should be fun. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll talk about things that happen out of that game and uh, any big picture stuff uh, as uh, as we get news. Maybe we'll talk about Jose Abreu wanting to uh, sing the national anthem. we got to talk about that, too. So uh, that's all I got. And uh, take it away, Herb. That's Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23. Our show is at Locked On Socks on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Stay tuned to this podcast because in the future, we will have some AL Central previews with other Locked On hosts. So the Twins, the Indians, the Tigers, and the Royals host of those shows will be doing a couple crossover episodes with those people. So they'll be coming in the month of March so you can get ready for the all-out Duke fight that we're going to have with Nash Walker of <laughs> Locked On Twins. So, for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Locked On Socks.